Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Today we have David Meltzer. He is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports, which was the inspiration for Jerry Maguire. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. He's here today to talk about higher self, love versus ambition, and so much more. David, welcome. You stole my idea for the best podcast ever. I've told people for years that if you want the biggest audience in the world, do something that has to do with mommy or daddy issues and everybody in the world will listen because besides sleeping, it's the only common denominator that everyone has is we all have these issues. So I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) You know, I'm a mom of four and I already feel like I'm ruining my kids. It's inevitable. I don't have a college fund for my kids. I have a therapy fund for how much I screw them up. Oh my God. Your father's story really touched me. Thank you. Wow. I want you to tell a little bit of that today, but the reason it touched me so much is because my husband at five was left by his dad and his mom suffered and was on food stamps with him and had no education and has worked minimum wage jobs her whole life. And so I was like, wow, I was like, that's crazy. But he took that deck of cards, believed in himself, became an academic, was constantly reading books. He joined the Marines, got into the PhD program at Berkeley. And when you talked about your brothers all becoming academics, all becoming successful, a rabbi, Ivy League schools, how did she do that? I think there's two things. One, she woke us all up early. So her philosophy was these kids are going to be too tired to cause any problems. And then combined with one thing, she was a third degree black belt in the martial art of Jewish guilt. And so I think the amount of pain that we would have caused her, that we thought we would cause her by getting a B, really drove us. And then keeping out of trouble because we were so tired. I can't tell you how many Friday nights, this is not a lot, so many Friday nights I wanted to stay out late, you know, after a football game or whatever while I was in high school. And I literally could not stay awake because I knew my mom was going to wake me up at five. And, you know, it was like 11 o'clock. And I couldn't keep my eyes open and everyone's like, hey, let's go out and do this. And I will tell you so many times in my life, I went to bed because I was tired, not because I didn't want to go out, not because I didn't want to be a troublemaker, not because I had these great friends, but my friends got into so much trouble and I would always miss it because I was in bed sleeping. (laughs) Okay. So the key to getting unstuck is 5 a.m. 5 a.m. and guilt your kids. (laughs) I obviously need to wear my kids out more. Yeah, for sure. Especially I have three teenage daughters. So the other rule about parenting too, which I love, is once I learn that my kids don't listen to me, but they watch me, my kids are not for me at all, right? They're through me. And so meaning through me, they watch me. And so I should only be concerned not telling them what to do, but showing them what I do that works and showing them what I do that doesn't work and allow them 
or allow me to plant seeds under the trees I may not ever sit under, but allow them to let that knowledge come through them in a very organic, authentic frequency instead of creating resistance by telling them what they should do, even though you and I both know we can't do all the things that we should do or that we tell them they should do, you know, which comes from the famous parent line, do as I say, not as I do. So I say, learn from what I do and then do what you think is best. So you don't curse. Oh, I curse. Yeah, yeah, but learn from me. So if they think that there's appropriate times to curse, or I try to use my higher power of thinking. And although, you know, like Jack Canfield's a friend of mine, he wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and he's convinced that people that are cursed that are highly intelligent. I don't quite agree with that. Like, I believe that for shock and entertainment and emphasis, there's certain curse words that I will use, hopefully intelligently, I will tell you that most of the time that I use a curse words is because I'm in an ego-based consciousness. It's my lower vibration, my disappointing frequency, not my higher power of thinking. And I really strive to have consistent, persistent pursuit of higher power of thinking or potential. I saw the video with your son and he doesn't do a lot of cursing. I was like, wow, that's amazing. But his mom is like a trailer trash mouth. Like, and he learned through her, like, I don't want to be that. She embarrasses me, right? And he definitely is a higher power of thinking. When does embarrassment start? When you have a self-identity or an expectation for yourself and you're not meeting it. And usually that comes from the definition that other people give you. You know, I have found that I would be embarrassed because I wanted to please everyone. And I was so worried about voting for what other people wanted for me or what I didn't want that it embarrassed me when I didn't get what I wanted. One of the first daily practices that I teach is taking inventory of your own values. And I do with all my children, I allow them to be you and to not be afraid to be a hypocrite. So we'll have a session of, hey, what are your personal values? Not mine, what are your personal values? What are your experiential values? Right? What do you want to experience today? Not what I want to, I'm 52 years old. What I want out of today should be completely different than a 21 year old. And I should be accepting of that. And then three, understanding giving and receiving. So what is your giving value? What value do you want to provide to others? What service do you want to provide to others? And then most importantly, I'm teaching others, especially my children, something that I didn't learn, especially from my mom, was to receive. My mom always taught, the more you give, the more you receive. And ironically, my mom's never had anything to give other than you know, what she's had, meaning financially right? Because she always didn't feel worthy and always felt guilty receiving financial. Now she gave her love at an extraordinary rate. She gave her education and intellect and values and character, integrity, things that are extremely valuable. When it came from money though, she had resistance, void shortages and worthiness issues. It almost ruined me because that carried into me that I was under the expectation that man, the more I give, the more I receive. And the problem was I felt guilty about it until I realized, why don't I focus not on my why? Why don't I focus on my what? Like, what is it that I want to receive? And then ask myself, why do I want to receive it? And then it became okay to receive it. Because usually my why was of good intention. They were of my character, my integrity, my authentic being, my frequency, my higher self. So I would say, I want to, you know, make a million dollars. Okay, why do you want to make a million dollars? Well, because I want to buy my mom a house and a car. Oh, wow. Making a million dollars is a good thing. I want to make millions of dollars. Why? Because I want to build community centers in Africa to make impact and change with young women that are being circumcised at ninth grade and being sold off or married to 60-year-old men. Wow. You know what? My whole attitude when I asked for a close was of worthy. 
worthy attitude, right? And meanwhile, the people that don't know their what will never know their why, and they'll use why as an excuse why they don't get their what. For me, take inventory of your giving, receiving values, and you'll get that ability to feel worthy and carrying energy about you that you'll start attracting without any resistance, voids, or shortages, guilt, or offense, what you want. Were you embarrassed when your parents split up? Oh, yeah. I, I was so embarrassed of my parents splitting up, of how not having money, of my mom and dad's smoking, of their weight. One of the advantages of my dad leaving was I could make up a story about my dad, about how amazing he was. It made me feel better. And back then, you had deadbeat dads in the 70s. So, you know, it was almost socially acceptable that my dad didn't give us money. <laughs> but I used that one all the time. It's interesting because that relationship with my father is so important to me. It changed my life in so many different ways. I think my dad's own transformation uh, was one that I was delayed behind. So when I was young, he was lost, right? He left my mom, married a girl closer to my age than his, never supported his kids. Then by the time I was 30, he went through his transformation. He was 60 and he wanted to teach me all the lessons that he had learned and he thought that I would just forgive him for 20 years and listen to the advice. Instead, you know, I hated him still and I didn't realize the reason I hated him is I hated myself for everything that was genetically handed down to me. You know, that great ability I had to oversell, back and sell, lie, cheat, manipulate people. And I saw right through him all the time. Why? Because I was that guy. And then what was really beautiful is that, you know, by the time I was 40, 10, years later that I had gone through my own transformation. My dad was now 70. So the last 10 years of my dad's life till he passed at 80, we shared uh, the dummy tax together. Because I never saw my dad as that humility of self-reflection until, you know, he gave me glimpses at 60, but I wasn't ready to hear it. But at 70, I had lived it and I had learned. So the last 10 years, you know, for me was an extraordinary time to come to peace with my father. And I know it's really difficult for my aunts uh, as my popularity grew and my stories are to millions of people. That's their brother, you know, and their other brother has passed before. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of, you know, their own ego of you're embarrassing us. Why are you saying things that are true about your father, but not nice? And I said, no, no, they are nice, right? Cause my dad's a human being, right? My dad has as much impact on me for all the negative things that he did is the positive ones. And I am him, his genetic, his energy. And as much as I praise my mom, those are true as well. And my mom's not perfect. I told my mom the other day, I said, you know what's so great about a relationship is that I would lie in front of a bus for you. You, I love you so much. I choke up telling you how much I love my mom. But I don't like you. Like, I don't like to hang out with you. Like you're, you know, you don't like sports. You have no idea what I do. You're not an entrepreneur. I'm bored with academics, right? And you talk like a kindergarten teacher, and that's not my style, right? I go, like, let's be honest. If I have the first choice of who I want to sit at a baseball game with, it's not going to be my mom, you know? And, and she's so funny. She goes, I could see that. She goes, but I still like you, David. I still like you. I go, well, I don't dislike you, but it's not like you're my you know, best friend. And I thought, you know, she took it really well, but I thought it was really honest. I don't think I'd lie in front of a bus for my father. Like I don't share that same love bond of, you know, like I would give every single ounce of me to, to my mom.
because she's done that to for me and through you know that relationship and i question whether i would jump in front of a bus you know for my dad but here's the difference today if someone said who'd you like to go to the baseball game with i would love to hang out with my dad like you know wasn't the greatest dad in the world like we share so much in common like really the conversation he understood sports and business and like i would you know just so stimulating to be around him the like is so strong but yet the love with my mom is so strong and you know not sure how people will take that but i it is what it is i like to be honest in my own relationship and i i always question i'm like i know if i saw a bus coming that i would jump in front of it in a second for my mom i probably would delay and think about it for my dad <laughs> well you said that truth vibrates at a different frequency there you go it vibrates the fastest. <laughs> wow, I love that story so much. Can you also talk a little bit about the jacket that your dad gave you at 30? So my dad saved my life. To me, it's one of the most powerful coincidences, which I believe is a mathematical equation of luck, what you pay attention to and give it intention to is coincidence. When I was five, my dad left and he was my hero. By 10, he forgot my birthday and lied to me and told me that he didn't forget my birthday, he didn't believe in birthdays, which was like the worst thing you could tell a 10 year old because you know your dad's a liar, right? Like he's celebrating his own birthday, he's celebrating his hot stepmom's birthday, you know, like everybody's birthday but yours, but all of a sudden he doesn't believe in birthdays. And you know, at 10, I just hated him. And for 20 years, there was no connection there at all and everything was conflictual from graduation from high school, college, law school, financial support, who I dated, who I was gonna marry. It was all like a mess. And at 30 years old, he gave me a jacket and it fit perfectly. I opened it up, I'm crying because I thought, wow, my dad gets me, but he had torn all the pockets out of the jacket. And I got aggravated. In fact, I got downright angry. I called him, asked him why he was punishing me. And he said, no, 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 this jacket is to remind you of me. It's not for wearing. I'm like, what, that I'm an asshole? Like, are you kidding me? I don't want to be reminded that I'm like, I'm nothing like you. You're a liar, cheater, manipulator, overseller, backhand seller. I'm a real man. And he's like, look, just hang the jacket in the closet to remind you, you can't take anything when you're gone. Money doesn't buy love and happiness, son. You're just like me. You need to learn this lesson. I'm trying to help you. I'm 60 years old, please. F you, dad, you know, hung up. Well, years later, this is actually two years before I lost everything. I came home after a variety of things. My wife had asked me not to go to the Grammy Awards because I was partying too much, drinking, not paying attention to business or my kids. And she asked me not to go to the Grammy Awards with a rapper named Little John. Well, I lied to her, changed clothes in the car, went to the Grammys, partied my butt off, came home wasted at 5.30 in the morning, you know, I'm in my mid thirties running the most notable sports agency in the world, Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment, and she's waiting for me. And for the first time in my life, my wife told me the truth, right? There's a book said, don't take yes for an answer. Well, for over almost two decades, I've been taking yes for an answer. Everybody been kissing my butt because I bought houses and down payments and cars and limos and planes and dinners and parties. And my wife finally, you know, told me the truth. And the truth was she wasn't happy that I better take stock in who I was and what I wanted to become or she was going to leave or she said even die, that I was going to die. So I go into my room, wake up in the morning. I was so pissed. I'm like, do you know who you're talking to? Look around you. Like I was 
you know, resentful. Like, are you, how dare you look at the life I provide Ferrari, Porsches, you know, I woke up, you would think I would have at least been a little bit forgiving. I woke up and I was ready to get divorced, right? I was thinking, I'm going to call a lawyer. I believe money bought happiness. I was going to take her happiness by taking everything that she had. And when I tell you my dad's jacket saved my life, you know, it's like that book on the shelf that you haven't seen in 20 years. And all of a sudden there's something telling you, gosh, you should read Think and Go Grow Rich Again, you know, a book that was written in the 40s. I tell the stories, you know, I can't tell it without choking up because I looked at it and I was like, man, I'm just like my dad. I don't hate my dad. I hate myself, right? I hate myself. I am a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, a back. Everybody wants to be me and I don't want to be me, right? I have the greatest job in the world. I'm a multimillionaire. I have everything I've ever dreamed. I married my dream girl from the sixth grade. You know, I have three beautiful girls. I have everything I want to buy, I can buy. I grew up with nothing. And I'm so unhappy and that jacket just, and I just sat down and decided I'm going to take stock in who I was. And that's when I started writing out these values and daily practices and starting, now it's been 14 years. It's evolved immensely. And I'm so blessed that, like I said, I went through this transformation at 36 because of my dad's jacket. And I got to articulate that to him when I was 40 and then spend 10 years talking to him all the time and sharing. Like I said, I love hanging out with him. I used to say this thing all the time. My mom would shake her head. I'm like, not a great dad, but man, he's like a best friend. <laughs> but yet, the older I get now uh, that he's passed, the more I realize that he may not have had the traditional way to teach lessons, but I was blessed with two things from him. One is the genetics. You can't beat genetics. I have very strong genetics and I was born just like him. I most like him of all his sons and I'm so blessed to have it because my mom taught me how to maximize what he was born with, the obsessive compulsive behavior, the competitive desire to must be what you can be, the ability to convince and inspire people, not to oversell but to manipulate or lie or cheat, but to work towards that integrity, that 100% credibility, the place of unconditionality that ironically my mom has in her saint-like non-receiving being that's so kind and beautiful. And I got this unbelievable blend now through these values that I live by that I have still in me, the currency of money, that energy, the object of energy that I put into the flow to get what I want. I have a great relationship. I think making a lot of money gives me the ability to shop for things. And if I shop for the right things, which is the other side of currency, faith. So my dad, I think, taught me to be really good with what surrounds me, right? But my mom taught me to be really good with what surrounds what surrounds me. The higher potential, the faith, this love, kindness, you know, things that just change all the things that surround you. They blended together and allow me now to empower others, to empower others, to be happy. You know, those transformational leaders, which I sit on the TLC with Canfield and Proctor and all the Deepak and all, you know, I talk that talk, but I'm also on the other side with Higgins and McCourt and the, the sharks out there. I can talk that talk and I'm one of the rare people, I think, that has that unique blend of being able to take the highest complex, most faithful, beautiful potential and transcode it down to a pragmatic step one, step two, step three. Have you forgiven your dad? Oh, well, I forgave myself. So it's so easy to forgive my dad. Yeah, for sure. I forgive myself every day. 
I absolutely have forgiveness in my heart. I am working towards being able to forgive the unforgivable. And I haven't quite got, it's kind of like I said, I'm not sure I wouldn't jump in front of that bus for my dad. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm almost to forgiving the unforgivable. But, you know, forgiveness gives you peace. And if you don't have peace, all you're doing is moving in the wrong direction. I love the blend of the traits from your mom and the traits from your dad. And I see that also with my husband. Like, my husband's mom is the kindest, like, Mother Teresa type of woman. She's Jewish, but she married someone who wasn't Jewish. And I think his relatives probably descend from the clan. That's probably why it didn't work out so well. <laughs> but my husband got the smarts and the tenacity and his father was a Marine. So he really took the, the best of both of them as well. And I love what you said about how your mom was willing to give you money when you hit rock bottom. Like she wanted to be able to help you in that way, which is something yeah. that she struggled with. Yeah. And it's even, even weirder. I thought it was going to crush her because one, you know, my mom always said doctor, lawyer, failure. And I had, you know, enabled my mom through this financial support throughout the years and one of my biggest fears, which is why it probably happened, is to go bankrupt. And so not only did I go bankrupt, but I forgot to take my mom's house out of my name, which is really ironic because the only reason I wanted to be rich at five was to buy my mom a house, right? And it came full circle to teach me that lesson. And the bigger lesson came when I had to go tell her in my mind it was going to crush her that that was the reason she loved me and I was her favorite was because I bought her that house. And now that it was going to be taken away... I thought for sure, you know, that relationship would be over. You know, this is the way my mind worked. And, you know, she didn't even blink. She was like, are you okay? Do you need any money? Are you sure? Mom, did you hear me? You're going to have to move. I lost your house. Oh, no, I heard you. But are you okay? What can I give you? I was like, oh, my God. That part of me is there. And I hadn't found it yet, you know. And, what did she do? Oh, she moved in with my brother has never made me feel guilty about it one time, right? And even through all my successes or whatever, she's never, ever brought it up. And all she ever says to me is, no one has treated me better than you. Thank you for all of your generosity. You know, of course, <laughs> it's awesome. What yeah. a kind woman. Oh, yeah. Like you said, like your husband's mom, I'm sure. You know, the funny thing about your husband, you should ask him, the, the most shocking thing to me and my siblings is we cannot figure out how the hell my mom was ever married to my dad. <laughs> my husband also thinks about that. What else is interesting is that my husband too, he's like, I want to make millions so I can buy my mom a house. They actually sold all of their stuff and they're living in a camper right now. And you know what's incredibly beautiful about that whole situation? They're seeing the whole US, they're loving life, they're living simply, and they are the happiest people. And then on the other side of my family, my grandfather passed away and his children are fighting over the will and suing right. each other. And I'm like, they've had everything. They've got investment properties. And I'm like, well, what? Complete opposites. Money can destroy people. If you don't shop for the right things, if you shop for things you don't need, if you use it to divide or compare, it absolutely could be the worst thing. But if you use money in the right way, if you shop for the right things to help people, to build community centers, to empower people, there's nothing better at this pragmatic world than money. And it provides you the opportunity to help. So I'm a big fan of it. I love the opportunity to be here. Any last questions for me before I go? I think instead of better call daddy, I'm going to call my husband and ask him your question. That's awesome. Well, what a great topic. What a great show. 
please everyone join me. I do free trainings on Friday. I uh, would love, if they're always free, to join me, david at dmelcher.com. Thank you so much. I love, love this podcast. I'll come on anytime you want. Oh, you're awesome. Yeah, and let people know how else they can connect with you. I have a community via text, 949-298-2905, dmeltzer.com, at David Meltzer. And like I said, you can email me directly, david at dmeltzer.com. I answer everyone. I don't sleep much, so thank you. Daddy, what do you think? Hi, David. Nice to meet you. I listened to your podcast interview with my wife a couple times. Love the question. Can you see your mom and dad together? That's, that's something. I have memories from when I was five of them being together and being happy and uh, happy as a child with them. Now looking back over the years, I could never imagine them meeting. I've heard the story of how they first met. She was 18, he was 20, youthful lust, nothing to do with compatibility whatsoever. They met, they got married, raging fire and had me. And once finances come into play, getting along, interpersonal issues, how they raise a child, her being Jewish, he not being Jewish. I think uh, all these came together into a raging forest fire of destruction and they blew apart. Now looking back, when I socialize with both of them, there's no way that I could see them having dinner together, even living in the same house together or talking, and it makes no sense. Appreciate your podcast. Since your insights, I have never thought of asking instead of the why, the what, and that's flipped around the question for me. Appreciate that. There was another instance of you have really contemplated the mix of personalities between your father and mother, what you are, how you've manifested the best, both of those. Gives me something to think about, something to write about. And uh, the, the way that you've articulated that into your life vision and, and what you want to manifest in this world and, and how you want to shape what you do. And uh, even reading your website about your, your vision and how you want to do all this while having fun. Uh, it's inspiring and uh, something I'm going to sit back, think about, write about it because uh, it's something that, that I need to do in order to have such clarity with my vision as well. Thank you. We all have our own unique map which helps us understand ourselves and others. Increased self-awareness is key to maximizing your career and life. The UMAP assessment reveals your strengths, values, skills, and interests. There is also a UMAP youth assessment for kids. To get your personalized UMAP, go to myumap, that's Y-O-U.com today. Use the code BCD for a discount. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Yeah.